Hi, this is Steve. And this is Lisa. Uh, Lisa, who married a history teacher? I did. Yeah. My name is Lisa. <laughs> and, and <laughs> Just to I, clarify. Am I still a history teacher? You are not current. Well, I don't know. I have a hard time saying no to that question. I well, feel like you're always going to be a history teacher in my Well, life. I'm teaching you history, right? You are, and you could always go back and, I don't know. You're you're not retired. You're... Taking you're, a break. Yeah, exactly. Taking a break. Mm-hmm. Like one of those pitchers in baseball that retires until it's time to come out for the playoff season and some team like the Yankees gives them like millions of dollars. I'm not going to lie. I had no idea that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Roger Clemens made a career out of doing that. Huh. Roger Clemens, bankrupt. You don't know what? Rob's. We're going to change the That's subject. like a very strong combination of good strategic decisions and very bad decisions, I feel. Well, it was, yeah, but the, he dumped all his money to try to compete with, like, PlayStation and Xbox and, like, create his own video game console. Mm. Console? I, yeah, console, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow, so he just got, like, too deep in it, and he, like, kept pouring money in. So much money in, totally bankrupt. Wow, that's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. Hmm. I did not expect to be talking about Roger Clements tonight. I think you could say that about half of the content of most of our podcasts. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Um, this is where I, a former history teacher, teach my wife, Lisa, history lessons. Indeed. Uh, Lisa, tonight we have a special podcast. <laughs> I feel like you say that most nights. Well, as I say, Every this, is a snow- this is a snowflake pod. <laughs> Every night is special. Um, but it is special in a sense that this is actually like... We've covered podcasts from all over the world. We've touched on people from every continent. Uh, We've touched on men. We've touched on women. We've touched on people's places and things and events and all sorts of things. We've not touched on anything Uh before the Renaissance because I never taught anything before the Renaissance. Okay. But there were still all those things back then too, women, men. There was, things. but we were, we were still excluding a time frame, you know? I understand. Those it poor was an time frame people. Interesting comparisons you've got there. Yeah, well, I was just trying to think. This is how I came up with this episode. I really wanted to do something about pre-Renaissance times. Okay. Because it was difficult for me to challenge. I never taught pre-Renaissance times. Ever? Uh, ever? No, no, because I taught world history, but it was world history two, as we called it in Virginia, mm-hmm. um, which was 1500, a.k.a. the Renaissance, essentially... To the present. And huh. I never did anything before that called World History 1. Huh. So tonight is our first curriculum lesson that falls into the Virginia category of... World History 1. World History 1. Um, you kind of, like, 2 is way better to teach, though. I mean, that's much more relevant information for, like, now. So just much better to teach. This is like a like, human. Yeah, it was like a notoriously shitty thing if you had to teach World 1 instead of World 2. So like, oh. I really like There's a few people that really liked it, but, like... The really annoying thing about teaching World One mm-hmm. is that it was like it's so pre-modern history that like a lot of what you're teaching is like we don't really even know if it's true, uh, and what we do know to be fact, it's like really sort of broad. Like you know, we know about the Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans, but like I, we do a lot of storytelling on this podcast because uh-huh. I was able to do a lot of storytelling in my classes because mm, there's a lot of details. Yeah, we know so many more details, and like we've mastered writing. Not mastered writing. Well, you could argue that Shakespeare mastered writing, right? And he's sort of that around that 1500 time period ish. So, huh. but then we we were mastered writing and recorded history and stuff. That's but like even like C- like Julius Caesar, you know. Yeah. You know, like, almost everything we know about Julius Caesar was written by Julius Caesar? Oh, 
Well, no wonder he sounds so fancy. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what no if he wasn't like even in charge of much? Like, yeah, <laughs> he was just some boy that like wrote about his backyard. No, that's a little too much. I'm sure they had a little bit yeah, more that, triangulation yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, just for the details. That's interesting. That reminds me of. Um, I'm gonna call myself out again. This is a bit pretentious, but it reminds me of our um, trip to Machu Picchu. And, um, and like how he learned that like the guides that could take you through that and all the other ruins in the sacred Valley, um, were often just like guessing and like not because so little could really be proven about that time. There's just a ton of theories based on a range of clues essentially. And so I remember being like, wait, we don't actually really know what, what happened here. Yeah. I mean, they really still don't even know what Machu Picchu was for. I mean, yeah. it could go from anything from like being like this, like, like vacation home for like one really rich family to like a whole civilization that lived in the clouds. I mean, it's crazy. Sorry. I know yeah. we're de- I'm derailing again, but no, it's fine because you're, you you're basically covered the, the precursor I was going to give for this episode, oh. which is, I want to tell this story and it is, uh, a funny, great story. Uh-huh. Um, but we we know very little of how much of it is factual. Okay, so everything we say tonight, you really have to take yeah. with a grain of salt. Yeah, grain of grain of world one history. Grain of what is yeah. it called? World history one. World history one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but anyway, for, as a as a little intro here, uh-huh. um, Lisa and I, for you know you listeners out there, we had a little um, guilty pleasure. Of a <laughs> film, guilty pleasure of a film that we watch when we go to uh, Las Vegas. Sometimes I feel like we've already talked about this. In these I podcasts. think we have. But Lisa, w- w- what's our guilty pleasure when we go to Las Vegas? Um, uh, sh- Troy. Troy. I was about to say Thor, and I was like, yes. no. Not the it. movie Troy, mm-hmm. starring Brad Pitt. Yes, and Eric by Bana. the way, like probably that's like a top three hottest Brad Pitts for me. Uh, what's hotter than that? Probably Fight Club, Brad Pitt. I would go like 1A, Fight Club, Brad Pitt, 1B, Troy, Brad Pitt, and number three, Legends of the Fall, Brad Pitt. Okay. I just, how, like, what? I mean, they're like both very good looking, except Achilles is more ripped than Fight Club guy, and he's way more responsible and... In control. Yeah, but that's not as sexy, you know? It's like Fight Club Brad Pitt is just so reckless. Like, you don't know what he's going to do. Plus, I would argue that the muscularity, sure, he's got more bulk in Troy. But, like, in Fight Club, he's got more of a cut slenderness, sort of like a Christ (laughs) on the cross look, you know? And he's just like, you know, he's a rebel. He's like every teenager's, like, goal in life. You know, that's who he is. He's like, he doesn't give a shit about nothing, man. Uh, well, that's why the world's so fucked. <laughs> that's what a bunch of teenagers are aspiring to. Well, no, no. Just I mean, you know, teenagers are like that when they're teens, but then they get jobs and stuff. Yeah. It's a good, it's good thing that that works itself out. Um, yeah, I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, this is the thing. Yeah, you you like the recklessness. I like the stability. Sure. Well, and he's not totally stable in Troy either. Not, not well, yeah, fine. Okay, fair. He's a little battle happy. Have you seen Legends of the Fall, Brad Pitt? You know, I gotta say, only from, like, posters. You've never actually seen Legends of the Fall? No, but that is, like, an excellent movie to add to the list that we never make. 
We always get ideas of movies to watch. We don't need to watch them. And then we go to sit down and think of a movie. We spend an hour <laughs> browsing online and failing miserably and resorting back to some show we watched. Let's watch The Office again. Yeah. 17 times. So pathetic. Okay, Legends of the Fall. Okay, okay this is recorded now, so we'll be able to yeah, find it. But I do want to point out here though, yeah. that Legends of the Fall is a bad movie. It's also a total chick flick. It's like if you'd watched it, you would probably be making fun of me. For even bringing up Legends of the Fall. Well, that, right sounds, that sounds like a fun Friday to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm down to watch it again. <laughs> Here's my quick story about Legends of the Fall. Yeah. So I'll never forget watching it because I was sitting around, it was like a, you know, a Friday night when we were like, I don't know, I was like 13, maybe 14. Mm-hmm. And my brother and his friends, we were all sitting around in my parents' basement. And my brother's like, can we watch this movie? It's called Legends of the Fall. <laughs> I really like it. And then we knew what it was. We all started making fun of him. Like, you know, we were teens in, like, the early 2000s. We were like, what are you, gay? You know? (laughs) And then (laughs) he put – he convinced us to watch it. He put it on and, like, the seven, like, teenage boys in a room were, like, captivated (laughs) for the entire, like, two-and-a-half-hour-long movie of Legends of the Fall, which is simply about nothing but family and relationships that takes place in one house the entire time. Really? One house the entire time? Well, it's in the little town around it, but pretty much, yeah. Huh. And then, like, Brad Pitt is, like, the heartthrob brother that whenever he comes home from, like, being a wayward son, then all the other sons' uh, wives fall in love with him. Kind of like Franz Liszt vibe going on. Yeah. Huh. That, we should watch that. That sounds really entertaining. Yeah, you would love it. (laughs) You would love it. And I'd watch it again, because I would like to see if, like, you know, what... 13-year-old Steve was so captivated by it. Yeah, it's always funny when you go back. Sometimes it holds up a bit. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's really disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I went back and watched Independence Day. Uh, Ah, that thing, yeah, it was very disappointing. I remember (sighs) being like in the theater like, holy shit. Yeah, but now it's like taking on like a new meaning where it's like, no, it's not as serious and intense as it was when you were a teenager. But it's like kind of still wildly entertaining in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean the the actors in it are really fun to watch. Welcome to Earth. (laughs) Great line. Um, All right. Sorry. We are really, we are really rambling today. This is a short story, so it's fine. I'm all right with it. All right. But anyway, let's digress. Let's get back to Troy. Troy. Okay. Because we're going to be talking today about... The true, or at least what some people think, again, we don't really know, the true Trojan horse story is. Huh. All right. So, Lisa, mm-hmm. you tell, because I know you know this because you've watched this movie. What was the, <laughs> give us like a two minute or even oh, one minute summary of what the real Trojan horse was or what the story, the legend of the Trojan horse <laughs> Well, the whole full Troy story is long, and I will certainly mess it up with, between all the Greek names and gods and whatever. But the basic premise of the Trojan horse is that it was presented by from one enemy to another as a sign of kind of like peace and like an offering. And so they brought in this huge wooden horse into their um, into their gates. Um, and you know the the big thing being here that they were re- like lived in a very very impenetrable place where there was really high walls and it was very difficult to attack them, um, and so the Trojan horse they brought it in thinking it was a gift. Um, in reality, there was a lot of men that were actually like stowed away inside the horse, um, and once the gates were closed and they went to bed for the night, they all went out 
let the enemy in, and they were defeated. Lisa, I would give that like a maybe like a B minus, maybe C plus. What really? Yeah, because you, you got you got the the meat of the story. Yeah, but you really need to know. Like it, it was the walls of Troy. Oh, you wanted more detail. Oh, I wanted. I thought you, you to wanted... know the who's who. Oh, see, okay. I thought you literally were focused on like the the Trojan horse itself, like what it represented. And yeah, and that's what I mean. You covered the meat of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I I do know most of the other stuff. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think Troy would be considered what, like modern day Turkey, pretty much. Yeah, good. And then they are enemies with the Greeks, who yes. was led by Ag- Agamemnon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and um, he oh and shit okay and then the, how much detail you want? That, that's it. That's also, enough, Helena that's Troy good. got good. them all angry at each other. <laughs> that's good. I really was just getting at the fact that you have to be clear about Troy versus the Greeks, right? So it was the Greeks who invaded Troy. Yes. They couldn't get past the walls. They basically lost the the what we call the Battle of Troy or the Trojan War. Yeah. Um, got back on their ships. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah. Right. They kind of. Hit around the way, left the horse there. Yeah, they they acted like they fled. Yes. Yeah, but they were there. The Greeks brought it in as a gift from Athena, as legend has it. They thought it was like a gift for their, uh, you know, from the god or their main god Athena. Like, oh, take this. they didn't even think it was from the Greeks. No, 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 no. They did, but it was but, but like, like via Athena. Yes. Okay. Um, so they brought it in, and while they were celebrating them. They got all drunk as shit because they were celebrating their victory, and when they were drunk. They opened the gates of Troy and then let all of the Greeks flood the city and then sack the city. Yes. Right. Yes. Now, we know that mostly because of what? This is good trivia. I think it's pretty easy trivia. Like, how do we know this story? The Iliad and the Odyssey? Yeah, the Iliad, right? The Iliad. By Homer, right? Yeah. I, 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 why do they call that an epic poem? Why is it a poem? Well, it's epic. It is an epic, but like I've never understood why they called it a poem. So if you're out there listening and you know, you know, some English major like Aaron, I know you know you're an English person or whatever. If you know why Aaron's the hell, an English major, yeah, yeah, she's an English teacher. I didn't really connect the dots on that one. Yeah. If you guys know why the Iliad and the Odyssey are considered poems, please let me know because I've never understood. But that's what we know, and of course, most of it is legend. But also, of course, there's a reason it's a legend, right? So there is some truth to what happened. We just don't really know. Yeah. Why are you looking at me confused, Lisa? Why are you confused? What's happening? I'm not. I'm distracted with something else I said, if I'm going to be honest. Okay. I just wanted to make it clear that I was confused about Erin having studied English because she teaches English abroad. So that's a lot of foresight to know that you wanted to teach English abroad in oh, college. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. all. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> Jesus, Lisa. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I'm focused now. You focus? Yes, I'm All right, focus. Am I got to take your cell phone I'm away? I'm a good student. <laughs> I will call your parents. <laughs> oh man. Now, that story is not true. Most historians think it's not true, but it's based on some truth. The whole the Trojan horse story. And the whole thing about the Trojan horse. I mean, horse. it's probably a war over a woman. There's definitely the Trojan War. Yeah. The way it ended, we don't know. Yeah. Here's a fun fact though. That one of the things they think that's a way more believable mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of old and ancient, um, uh, you know, references to ships being horses. 
and calling ships horses or you know wooden horses and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So there are people that think that actually happened, except it was just they left a single ship and they dragged the ship back into the gates of the city and all the, the Greeks were hiding in the hull of the ship. Why would they drag a ship? That seems As like was. a symbolic victory. Like, look what we got! And like, so the Greeks were just... retreated! We got the ship! So, so you think that the Greeks were like, you know what, these guys are going to get so excited they're going to pull this boat inside? I didn't say I think that. I said that has been presented of what really it was. Because it makes no sense that they would make a horse. Because the animal of Athena wasn't even a horse. It was an owl! Our Owls are the symbol of our love. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, going for it there. Um, okay, so I don't really, I'm not down with that boat theory. Okay, well, I'm just throwing it up there. I just don't feel like they'd be like, let's just hide in this boat. They'll, they'll probably drag us in. I mean, that's just silly. Okay. Unless well. they were known for dragging in boats of their, of their enemies that they've defeated. No, I, I don't think it. they were. Yeah. So let's get to a more likely story of what it was. Oh, there's more likely stories. No, this is it. This is the story. That was just all background of what the Trojan horse was. What? This is the real story. And here's the kicker. It wasn't even Greek. It was Nordic or a Viking story. Okay. Right? Okay. Now, here's the key, because you're looking confused. You're like, what the hell does that have to do well, with it? Well, I'm just confused that you said that it wasn't, I mean, none of that was true, but this is true. Well, again, this is from the Dark Ages. We still don't really know. Okay. All right? This is the most likely one. Yes. And we call it the Dark Ages because it was after the fall of the Roman Empire, which fell in, like, uh, I think it was 330, um, the year 330. Okay? Yikes. So in Europe, falls into the Dark Ages. I'm going to do this really quick. Falls into the Dark Ages. We don't have a lot of civilization. We, there's not a lot of recorded record. We call it dark because we can, can't, couldn't really see what was happening then. A lot of people think that's really sort of like Western-centric phrase because when Europe was in the Dark Ages, Asians were crushing it, the Middle East was crushing it, stuff like that. So it's really unfair to call it the Dark Ages without only focusing on Europe, right? Yeah, but it's about right, given yeah. given our tendency. Given to, what we study in America. Yeah, stuff. yeah, not defending it, but yes. that sounds about right. Okay. The other thing about the Vikings. Yeah. Vikings didn't really write shit down. The Vikings built ships and they raped and pillaged. And that's yes. what the Vikings did. And we talked about the Vikings a while ago, and that's when we found out that they are not nice. They are not. And that they, they, nice they, be, they benefit from, again, being part of uh, world history one yes. and being too far back in our memory to, like, demonize them. But they were, they were terrible, terrible people. And, that's yes, right. they had cool hats. We can all agree on that. <laughs> but that's it. That's where it ends. Yeah, that's where it ends. Well, no, no, and the cool blonde braids, also cool. Yeah, and, that, and they probably were the first Europeans to actually discover America long before Christopher Columbus did. But, again, we don't know for sure. We've huh. just found the remnants of possible Viking stuff in, like, Canada and, like, Nova Scotia and stuff. Huh. Yeah. They got around. Yep. Anyway. Yep, anyway. Here's the story. Okay. So, there's these two brothers. Again, we don't even really know if they're brothers or if they're just like bros. Um, <laughs> they were called... I, can I just say, if you and Rams were alive back then and somehow got written about, that's exactly what people would say. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, they're I'll, brothers. I'll take that bros. as a compliment. Uh, yes, you should. Um, but their names were... Uh, I'm going to butcher this and cut because he had multiple names, but I'm going to go with Hastin. Hastin. Or Hastin. Hastin. All right. And then his bro or brother was called Bjorn Ironside. 
All right? And the two of them are going to embark on this mission. And it was a very Viking mission. Ugh, I feel myself already liking them again. My moral stance has faded. Well, it's just so, so cool. long ago. It's fun to like them. Okay. Right? I mean, those names alone. Yeah. And they're brothers Pretty on good. an adventure. Pretty good, right? <laughs> but the adventure is really not Lisa-ish. The adventure is they're going to take 62 Viking ships. Mm-hmm. They're going to sail down around the I- Iberian Peninsula, which is what two modern-day countries? We've done this before. Spain. And? Portugal. Nice. All right. And then they're going to sack all these cities and steal all their stuff and rape all their women and keep going. Aye, okay. They do this with relative ease until they run into the Moors. Where do you think they run into the Moors, Lisa? Um, Morocco. Yeah, northern Africa, good, yeah. by the Strait of Gibraltar. Okay, mm-hmm. Lose a bunch of ships to them, but they keep going and they get into the Mediterranean. And once they get into the Mediterranean, one of the two of them, we don't know, mm-hmm. has this brilliant idea. What is the, for lack of a better term, Mecca of the Mediterranean in terms of cities? Mecca. I mean, it's Constantinople. Ooh, see, all right, you're actually kind of getting ahead of me. Okay. So, yes, uh, Constantinople existed at this time. We're talking about the 850s-ish. Yeah. So Rome had moved to become the Eastern Roman Empire, Mm -hmm. which was Constantinople. Constantine started it, all right? But Rome over in... In Italy was still a very huge major city. So it wasn't the capital of the Roman Empire anymore, but it was still a big old city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And these two Viking bros, they think to themselves, if we sacked Rome, we'd be super famous, bro. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, let's go do it. All right? So they sail up and they start sailing up Italy. This is, you know, the peninsula. Mm-hmm. They're sailing up and they stop and they get off of their boat and they see a city that obviously has these massive walls. Oh. Right? And it's super fortified. I mean, it's freaking Rome. Huh. So they don't try to sack Rome. They come up with this brilliant idea. We got to sneak ourselves in. Okay, and here's how they do it. I'm not going to give them that much points for brilliance. I mean, they literally had zero other options. What are they going to do? You don't even rocks? know what they did. Just saying you're already not- judging. You're pre-judging. You're you're Viking prejudice. I'm trying to write the ship. I was leaning too heavily mm, in their favor. Pun intended. Pun intended. <laughs> no, in retrospect, but yes. Um, <laughs> I I just think that maybe the rest of their plan is brilliant, but I wouldn't say it was brilliant that they were like, well, I guess we should just walk in as a civilian to reach some people instead of having to, you know, just ask for a sudden death by arrow. Okay. Yeah. So, so far, zero points for the Vikings. <laughs> okay. Well, let's listen. Well, they, they get do. one point for their brotherly bond. Okay. Because <laughs> that's universally likable. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. We can still root for humanity, okay. even if it's in monsters. Okay. <laughs> let's hear what they let's do. Let's hear what they did. Okay. So we don't know. So they're the horses. (laughs) Right? They're the Trojan horses. Yes. Well, yes. Sure. Well, that's right. They're the Greeks in this scenario. They're the Greeks in this scenario. But But again, why don't we listen to what they did? (laughs) You're very excited over here. I am. All right. The Vikings make me feel a lot of feels. Okay. Yeah. So we don't know which one it was because, again, the stories are mixed because we don't really know. But either Hostein or Bjorn Ironside. I'm going to say it was Bjorn Ironside because his name is way more fun to say. Yeah, totally right. on board with that plan. So he was the leader 
And he died mysteriously. And all these other Vikings died. And they put him in a coffin. Okay? Huh? Just listen. Just listen. And all of a sudden, the Vikings are knocking on the doors of Rome, being like, hey, it's just 20 of us Vikings. That's all it is. We've all died. We've all been killed by the Moors, including our leader, Bjorn Ironside. Huh? And we've put him in this coffin. And his last wish before he died is that he actually wanted a Christian death and a Christian burial. Of course, the Vikings were not Christian at this time. But were they? They had Nordic gods. There's Nordic, Nordic mythology. <laughs> that sounds way more fun. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you've heard of like Odin and stuff, right? Nah. No? No. Zero on the Nordic gods in this brain. Okay. All right. Zippity, zippity. <laughs> well, we'll move on. Then. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but I'll just leave you with this. The Nordic gods were very similar to the Greek and Roman gods. With like a little Nordic twist to him. Oh, Thor! Thor from all the... He's Nordic? Thor is a Nordic god. He's a Nordic myth. I believe he's the son of Odin. Oh. But, you know, we don't really... Oh, that's why Odin sounds familiar, because I've also seen Thor multiple times. Yeah. Um, Speaking of total babe male actor. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, there's a lot of concurrent themes here. (laughs) Um, Wow. Okay. Okay, okay, cool. Yes. Got it. So... They they still are on board with the Nordic yes. gods, but they're secretly like, I don't know, Jesus seems way more fun. Yes. So they bring him in in a coffin. Mm-hmm. Okay. They talk to their, you know, proper Christian folks and they're going to give him a burial. <laughs> proper Christian folks. Yeah. And they're. Just <laughs> <laughs> you go. Uh, so they're sitting there and they're giving a mass. Yeah. Like a Christian mass before a funeral. Mm-hmm. And as as legend has it, aye, aye, aye. the Christian like priest or was talking and giving the funeral, and in the middle of it, mm. Bjorn Ironside <laughs> busts out of the coffin, takes out his sword, cuts off the head of the priest, <laughs> starts mass chaos in the city of Rome. All right, and while the chaos is ha- happening, they go open the gates. All right, they let all the other Vikings in who had just been hiding on the ships and stuff. Okay, so they invade and then they sack freaking Rome in a true Trojan horse story. Okay, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Did the Vikings sack Rome? Lisa, that's a brilliant question. Well, right, because that would be a nice fact check on the thing. Wouldn't the answer, we know that? The short answer is no. Huh. Here's what happened, because there's a twist. As if that is not interesting enough. The it was all world. a dream. <laughs> yeah, yep. It was pure Einstein's dream. Crack, crack that game. You sound just like Biggie. <laughs> that was unbelievable. We go way back. Um, okay. Turns out they weren't in frickin' Rome. <laughs> they were in a city 200 miles north of Rome called Luna, which is a far Far, far smaller city than Rome. So they they thought they had an apple and they really had an orange. No, it's more like they thought they had an apple and they had like a dried up raisin. <laughs> you know, it's like it's Rome. Right. No, I didn't. Luke. That was implying that they yeah. were. One the other. Yeah, that was a bad choice. Bad yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 
That so that's really funny. How long did it take them to realize? Uh, I'm sure they didn't realize until after they were like I don't. We again we don't know. Right. No. I was but like, they sacked the whole city, and I'm sure at one point they're probably scratching their blonde braids, being like, "This doesn't seem big enough, or cool enough, or ha- nearly enough riches here." Yeah, and where's Caesar? Yeah, yeah. Well, Caesar's long gone. Remember, this is Byzantine Empire. He's 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 they've Rome, the real Roman power has moved out to Turkey. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So I okay. So Rome still was like a little bit bumping even without Caesar. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, oh. For sure. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a bit of poetic justice. Mm-hmm. Although then it's just like a lot of unnecessarily lost lives. Yeah, and it's really not that poetic of justice because uh, they ended up just sailing back uh, to the the you know Nordic countries, um, and actually the two bros, Hastin and, and Bjorn Ironside, yeah. um, make it back very rich men, and about sixty six percent of the Vikings they left with died. Because of the Moors, they ran into the Moors again in North Africa. On the way back. In Spain, on the way back. That destroyed most of their fleet. Uh. But the two of them made it out, sacked a couple more cities on the way back up. (laughs) And they arrived, and a lot of people died, but they were still alive and had so much wealth. So even though they didn't sack Rome, and it's a pretty funny, cute little story about how they did all this trouble to sack little Looney. Yeah. You know. Looney, yeah. Well, sorry. Looney is the modern day name. Oh, okay. But so that's they it. Didn't that's even, my story. No one. He, yeah. he didn't even like, like have a bad death or have his wife cheat on him. No. Well, the, you know, well, if you're married to Bjorn Ironside, you don't go around banging other dudes. I don't know. They were gone a long time though. They and probably, they were Vikings. Those women, Yara from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't mess with her. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, the, the, the Viking women are strong. Mm-hmm. Strong like bull. Strong like bull. Um, That's my story for really tonight. interesting. It's yeah. also making me realize, I don't think I, I don't think we taught any of this stuff. This was not part of the curriculum. This is something I found based off of like the little knowledge I had about pre-1500 and just by doing some digging around the internet, I wanted mm-hmm. something not too intense. Right. Yeah. So I would give this story like a two on the grand scale of like how important it is and like mm-hmm. a eight out of like the sort of the funny interestingness of the story itself. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that that's, that's helpful. Huh. Yeah. I bet I'm, I'm just meaning in general. Like I just don't remember learning about much before 1500. Well, no, you were also probably a freshman in high school, and, like, I think the last thing on your mind when you're a freshman in high school is, like, what the Vikings were up to. Yeah, that's pretty low on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I was spending a lot of time just trying to get my directions right to class, not look like a dork. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Boys. Yeah. Swimmer boys. (laughs) But no, this is, that's the whole point of this podcast, right? It's like yeah. all the stuff that was actually interesting that you're being taught, it was not interesting to you when you were a teenager, but yeah. now in theory it's interesting to you as an adult. Yeah, now I want to see how the world works. Yeah. Back then I was just concerned with, you know, my high Boys. school. <laughs> <laughs> and girls. It was a whole... I mean, I mean just in general. <laughs> it, was, it was my friends, too. Yeah. That were a big For part. sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my brother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was crushing it, though. You don't have He's to be aware about it. Um, okay. Yeah, so anywho. Thank you. Um, I enjoyed that. Yeah, you know, we covered we covered a lot of pop culture stuff in the beginning, so we don't need to end with it. Okay. But I'm actually going to end this with my first call to arms. Ooh. I'm working on, I've been working on this concept. I want to do, I think will be a, a two-part episode. I want to cover the 10 most influential humans of all time. Uh -huh. All right, and I want to do an episode on that. I already have a pretty good idea of who I want to use, but I would love to get some fan participation. Contact oh, me any way you want. Texts. Um, you can go on my Twitter account, which is at Lincoln Blog Cabin with no I in Cabin, uh, <laughs> and direct message me ideas. Okay, and it's, you can be a good person. You can be a terrible person. The only rule I have is I'm not doing religious figures. So don't suggest Jesus and like Muhammad and like Moses and Abraham and those sort of people. And I'll explain that when we start doing doing the actual two-part series when we get to it. Mm, it's like one of your theories on war versus studying ideas and... Not at all, politics. actually. Not okay. at all. I think that you can make a really easy argument that the two most influential people in human history are Jesus and the prophet Muhammad. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to... Do it that way, and again, we'll we'll talk about that when we do the episode. Okay. Okay. Um, so I guess we'll just sign out. Quick, short, quick little episode here. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, my name's Steve, and I was a history teacher. My name is Lisa, and I married him. I wouldn't want to fight him. That's why no one will remember your name.